0: Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. Demandbase is transforming the way B2B companies go to market by enabling customers to embrace modern digital sales and marketing with a complete end-to-end
1: suite of products. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunny Setup. Up. I'm your host, Shubhang, and today I'll be in conversation with Jeff Klish, and we are going to discuss about the mergers and acquisitions and its impact on the sales ops. So before we get into the topic, I'd like to give you a quick introduction about Jeff. Jeff is currently working as the Director, EDS Sales and Services Operations for Siemens Digital Industry Software, which is the software-focused division of Siemens AG, providing a wide range of software and packed solutions for everything from electronic and mechanical design to lifecycle management and manufacturing. TISW represents more than 22,000 of overall 300,000-plus employees of Siemens AG, DISW does several billion dollars a year in revenue across more than 200 countries. Prior to that, Jeff has spent more than 20 years in the management consulting space, working for companies like Deloitte and Booz Allen, growing practices around decision analytics and operations research. He has an undergrad degree in finance from the George Mason University and a global MBA from Thunderbird. Jeff, I am super excited to talk to you. Welcome to the show. Great. Thanks for having me. really appreciate it. All right, Jeff. I think we are all set to talk about the mergers and acquisitions and your experience around the roles that you've been a part of. To get a better understanding of your history with Siemens DISW, can you give us some background on your roles and how you've been involved in
0: M&As there? Sure. So my path to Siemens is somewhat traditional to many people's past going into Siemens. It's been through an acquisition. So I joined the company called Mentor Graphics back in 2015 to run their operations for the services, the professional services group. And then shortly after I joined that company, it was bought out by, at the time, it was Siemens PLM, which has now become Siemens Digital Industry Software. So I came to that company through an acquisitions. And primarily my focus has been, when I initially joined, was to get the services side integrated with. A larger Siemens service side, but over the years that position has grown into more of the sales and service operations to try to integrate these large companies together. Because at the time, Mentor Graphics was the largest acquisition that Siemens DiSW did, and it was the second one ever that Siemens AG had done. Mm-hmm. So it's we're still going through this process right now. But uh, over the last couple of years, I've been primarily focused on integrating. Our organizations together from a sales operation standpoint. So it's been quite the journey up until this point. So still going.
1: Absolutely. There's a lot more to explore into this conversation. So the next thing is, what do you see being in the store of sales ops after deals are closed and it moves to post M and A integration phase?
0: Well, like one of the things that we have realized over the years, because we, you know, our company has has grown through acquisitions and. Unless you are part of the due diligence team and going through the details with probably a, a really strong eye on the risk, you're not even aware that these acquisitions are going on. Mm-hmm. And for, you know, right reasons, right? Then I mean, some of these things are going to be close hold and not going to be announced until the deal is actually done. So what I have found in my experience here is there's three things that I think are need to be very I guess focused in on from the sales operations standpoint and that's awareness, communication, and coordination. So post acquisition, many people don't even realize that this acquisition had occurred until weeks later and they hear grumblings throughout the company. So as part of sales operations, making it aware to the different sales or groups and sales teams that, you know, this was done, this is the reason why it was done, whether it's just a, you know, add on to our addition our existing tech stack, or is it moving into new markets and just expanding customer base they need to understand these awareness so that's the, the strong communications part right Is just getting the message out there and finding out like how this organization that has acquired or merged with is how they're organized right how are their teams and their sales teams uh, structured where are their, their sales teams located around the globe right who are their customers right and how do they recognize revenue and where does the revenue come from and, and understanding their, their tools and their portfolio technology that they provide. So it's you know, basic stuff that people don't realize is is important until it's actually becomes an issue is making sure that it's also coordinated too. That's that third part is to get the right people and the right sales organization connected to each other. What we've found out is a companies that are get acquired or get merged, they have different account structures and different teams and how they're gonna market. So trying to align the right teams on both sides of the acquisition is going to be kind of critical. And I think probably the most part is around that awareness is is really truly understanding what that acquired companies go to market is, and understanding how they address their customers, what problems do they solve with their customers, how do they leverage their technology in certain areas, especially when you're dealing with really large acquisitions. We have companies that you acquire that very specific technology that is probably not known amongst the other sales organizations, so they don't even know how to fit into it existing go-to-market strategy. So just, you know, initially upfront is taking the time and understanding what what that acquisition company is. And then probably from a sales operation side is really understanding the supporting technology that they have for the sales organization. Like what CRMs that they use, it's forces, it's something else, right? If they have professional services, what kind of professional services tools that they use, right, for managing those services. And even simple things like email, uh, and it's like, do they continue to use their old email? Or do they need need to use their new email? And we've we've hired companies, including my, our own that was acquired, that have been around for thirty plus years, and our customers know that name. So we've tended to keep old emails alive, and there's reasons behind that, right? So that's what's like, you know, as it, sales operations, a lot of that stuff falls on us to try to sift through all that, and that's just things that you need to be aware of. It's Just get the awareness out there, get the communications out there and then make sure these things are coordinated across the, the different organizations,
1: so. That's totally true, because I think when you're, you're talking about merchants and acquisitions, so sales ops, or I'd say many, many such teams that work in the shadows who are actually kind of tested to the limit, I suppose, because if you know or not, probably demand-based acquired inside viewer and demand matrix recently. And we've been through this journey probably, or we're still being on this journey right now. So I totally understand the kind of the work that you guys go through during this phase. And all the challenges that you mentioned are truly one of the best ways to kind of go through it. Coming back to it, so in your role, what have you seen in the m a integration journey that sales ops needs to consider to be successful?
0: Well, I would probably say as an organization, if part of your corporate strategy is to grow or at the very least expand current markets through mergers and acquisitions, one of the things that I have found to be extremely helpful is to have at least a, a knowledgeable team, if not a dedicated team, to do M&A integration, right? To develop a playbook so that not every acquisition is a surprise to everybody, right? And is have very methodical steps in the process of going through what I just did around the awareness and the communications and everything. Because I mean, our organization we buy a company about every 60 to 90 days, roughly. And many of them are relatively small companies with very, you know, niche technologies that we want to enhance our stack. And those acquisitions have their own unique challenges, but we have found that those tended to be ones that we can integrate over a relatively short period of time. I mean, getting back to what we talked about before in terms of the tools and stuff, a lot of like their CRM was done in Excel and those types of things, and they they kind of welcomed the, the, the rigor and the processes that we have in place to help streamline some things. But if your playbook involves larger acquisitions, I definitely have to say that the, the, the issue that you're going to run into if you take the path of all acquisitions are created equal mm-hmm. is you're going to be running into these situations where you have large organizations buying another large organization that they have to figure out a way to work together and that's where you really have to understand what that acquisition strategy is and what it's for. So, like in a case of an example of ours when Mentor Graphics was bought by by Siemens, it was to address as part of their portfolio a, a real hole in electronic design and electronic design automation, which is very different in terms of the tools that we built and the products that we built than the traditional Siemens. If you think about it in more classic mechanical design software, lifecycle management software, versus software designed specifically for designing integrated circuits, you know, printed mm-hmm. circuit boards, those types of things. that they made the determination very early on in the acquisition that it was such a different organization, different go to market, different customer sets, that the strategy was going to be we're going to have a multi-sales organization. So that, that presents its, its own challenges, right? And when you have multiple sales organizations inside the same company, yeah. how do you approach that? How do you create and align where you need to and go your separate ways where you have to? One of the things that we developed, and it's harking back to my management consulting days, is a matrix of looking at different processes and go to markets. And we looked at it in a sort of a quad chart where... One of these is, hey, we're going to continue doing our own thing because of different go-to markets and different customer sets and everything. But then there's areas where the acquiring company does things better and we should adopt it. Or the, adopt, you know, the adopting company is doing things better and the acquired company should adopt those. And then the fourth one is we realize we're doing it very wrong. and we, There's better ways of doing this. So we put that in the fourth bucket that says we're going to move on to doing something else. Right? And that gave us a structure by which we can have those communications with the different sales organizations that says, we're doing this and this is why, and this is why it makes sense. So putting some methodology around your approach to this and not assuming that all acquisitions are created equal, not approaching every acquisition as it's, hey, you just, you're the acquired company, come absorb into our organization, but really approach it in a methodical manner it's, it really helps out with the communications, especially when you're dealing with the sales teams that, you know, by nature, you know, the sales are territorial. and There's reasons behind that. And that's, that's something that we have to recognize, that we make sure that they understand why we're doing this and how it's going to make their lives better, right? And putting that structure around it really is helpful. So I'd say first and foremost, that's, if you, that's part of your go-to-market strategy and your corporate strategy for growth is get yourself a playbook, at least get itself a team if not dedicated, at least part-time teams are knowledgeable about this and get them involved earlier on. And then on top of that is probably one of the most important things that we did in sales operations that we haven't done in the past is we actually started up a PMO and we hired a program director because with these acquisitions and now and into the future, everybody's too busy doing their day job to actually pull together these different disparate teams and our different business partners. To actually integrate some of these things, so getting the discipline of project management in sales operations has really helped us advance a lot of these integration activities as well too. So there's a couple of those things that I've, I've picked up over the years that being very helpful and that we've practiced. So I mean, if that's what your th- your corporate strategy is, I'd highly recommend going down a path like that.
1: Awesome, I think you've given us a good idea about okay, what are the challenges or what are the kind of best adoption strategies that sales ops teams will actually look into because. What you mentioned is right there's so many uncertainties when you are kind of acquiring different companies about the approaches that they take or when you compare your approaches to their approaches. there could be a lot of different I'd say strategies or different ways that you feel that okay they are better than the company that is acquiring. So we've dug deep into that that specific area. So have you ever seen sales technology needs affecting the mergers and acquisitions integration?
0: So what I've seen over the years in, in being involved in it, you know, the technology that's available today to help with these organizations is grow leaps and bounds, specifically when you're talking about like the CRM for the sales organization and then the Salesforce platform is what, because our company when Metagraphics was on uh, what we call our legacy SAP CRM, right? We weren't even on Salesforce. And not being able to take advantage of all the, the new capabilities that Salesforce brings as well as the Force.com platform and the integration of all this technology, it really allows us the ability to expand quicker, faster, and a little bit more effectively across the different sales organizations, especially when you're dealing with large or small companies trying to get into the CRM space. All the different tools that we are realizing really around that Salesforce.com platform and sharing the same data model that Salesforce has, Like when it, you know, some of the other tools that you look at when it comes to like account planning, right? And the account planning tools that are available out there and being able to leverage a common platform of Salesforce across these organizations is huge. Where before, you know, things were done manually, it's done disparately. When you can get them integrated onto the same platforms and get different organizations that don't normally work together on a daily basis, that's a big, a huge advancement for us. In terms of those areas as well as you know when you're dealing with some of the other ancillary things that kind of get lost in the mix a little bit when you're dealing with like on the services side and the training side and getting those platforms integrated together i mean we went through a really huge effort early on in our acquisitions around upgrading our platforms and we went through multiple even on the marketing side we had next generation marketing automation next generation training automation that there's tools that are available out there to really not only enhance what we're currently doing but really integrate us across a different organization because we do have you know there's a we are one division within siemens ag which is a global division we are still working to try to integrate our platforms across those different groups but the way technology is out there now specifically around the analytics as well too is really enhancing awareness across the organization and we are focusing most of our attention on the Salesforce and the force.com platform, but there's all other tools that are out there that we in sales operations do take advantage of, mm-hmm. really to try to bring some of these tools together. And I see some of this around the, the middleware area, around the analytics and the, da- the database. So those are the things that I think we from a, a technology standpoint, we still struggle. And this is something that I'd probably wanna highlight as well as you're going through these acquisitions, is probably one of your strongest business partners through all this should be your IT organization, right? So they are dealing with the entire systems architecture for the corporation. They're looking at it from an enterprise standpoint. And as you bring in new tools and new technology and whatnot, that you make sure that you are integrated pretty heavily and have somebody in your IT team as a business partner involved in these conversations with your organization to ensure that we're not just... I, we always call it taking on technical debt, right? We're, we have technology out there and we're forced to use it just because it's there. It's built over the years that it's built for a different organization. It doesn't really fit. What we're realizing in advancements in technology is we can get away from that a little bit, right? We can, there's other paths into that, the systems architecture that won't impact the sales organizations negatively and actually advance them. But we couldn't do it without our, te- our support from the IT organization. So, that's probably another thing I'd probably uh, recommend is, is making sure that they're we're highly integrated with whatever M&A team that you install on there because the technology is moving so fast and there's new, new capabilities out there that we, we just need to be aware of.
1: Awesome. And in between that, where have you seen the data analytics and the reporting providing the most value or I'd say the challenges during these integrations? How, how does it actually help you?
0: Yeah, so this is this is an area that I've spent a lot of time on over the last couple of years because our organization is quite large, and we have a whole slew of different transaction systems that originate data, right? So when you deal with the CRM, you deal with PSA, you deal with quote-to-order systems, you deal with the legal, you deal with... All, there's a lot of disparate systems that are out there. And through the advancements of some of those middleware technologies, we have found that there's not one place where you can get a full picture of what's going on within the organization let alone within what's going on within any particular client right because uh, if you look at you know what is the client entitled to you know simple stuff like what licenses they bought where are they located perception that sits in one system and then you got you know here's my funnel that sits over here and that's where we do some forecasting and the PSA and where we sit in services it's all these little pockets of information that are out there that over the years, even prior to me joining this organization, is we got some really sharp people pulling together some some reports and stuff, and we generated a whole slew of reports, but we had not really resigned ourselves to relying on analytics in any, into any one particular tool or technology. So we use data marts and data lakes that we kind of pull this stuff, this data together and are using some more advanced technology and doing data visualization, data analytics, and to try to get that holistic picture to those decision makers out there. So we've gotten to this point where we can generate reports through a very methodical way and getting those reports into people's hands through pooling of all this data together, putting some advanced integration and analytics on top of that. But the strongest part that we realized on the analytics side is we don't need any more data. We've got more data than we know what to do with. We need more information. And to get that, what we need to do is partner more closely with the sales managers, the account directors, the channel VPs, to really understand what business questions they're asking, right? And what do they really need to do their job? Then we take that, decipher that into how do we package uh, those answers to those questions in such a way that we're not just generating reports and analytics for the sake of doing that, we're generating reports and analytics to answer very specific business questions, And what sits behind it is a very complex network of disparate transaction systems that we pull together outside of those transaction systems to get in the holistic picture. So even on top of that as well, too, we're looking at ways of developing more self-help analytics where we generate very curated data sets that we can provide to people that are out there that maybe have one question they want to ask and try to do some research themselves, right? It's like, here's the data. Here's the single source of truth go use this data set and do your analytics there so that we're all kind of operating from the same data set using the same data across the board. That's been kind of really helpful for us. We have some really bright sales managers and directors that want to do their own questions and poke around a little bit and try to ask them, just feel around to figure out, you know, what is the data telling me? We give them a data set that they go out there and do some self-help analytics. And that's been somewhat of a game changer for some of them out there. So from the analytics standpoint, there's a lot of stuff going in there, but specifically around the mergers and acquisitions, one of the things that I advise on our is is making sure that there's a well-coordinated set of KPIs and measures that are out there that are consistent across the organization, right? We are all measured by the same yardstick, and that those KPIs that are out there, like do we look at the annual run rate? Do we look at total contract values? Simple stuff like that that we need to make sure we align on. That hit us kind of hard because we even changed the way we did RevRec and revenue calculations that you were, you know, last year you were comp this way and now this year you're going to be comp that way. That needs to be well communicated and out there. And the analytics that sit behind that needs to be aligned to it as well, too. So if there's a lot of fun stuff that's being done in the analytics area. There's a lot of advancements that we have there. There's more that we have to do. We know that. But we're making headways by taking the very complex and distilling it down to answering very specific questions, I think that's extremely helpful
1: now. This is awesome. I mean, Jeff, we've got a lot of guests who've come on the show and spoke about a lot of different topics, but to understand from the sales ops point of view how the M&As work and what are the kind of impact it has on the day-to-day activities, I think this is tremendous. Today, I think Mm -hmm. not just me, but everybody has got a chance to learn from you about the phases that you go through, the integration, the technologies that affect, and all the other let's say, data and other reporting tools that come into play. So where do you see the future of mergers and acquisition, integration going for sales ops?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. It's, you know, just in the couple of years that I've been involved in this, I've seen the way we approach things very differently. We look at things very differently, but it's changing quite rapidly. So some of the areas that I see trying to adjust some challenges. And some of the big challenges are like with big acquisitions, it's a multi-year integration activity that, that takes place, right? And it it really impacts our ability to be effective with our customers when we're spending a lot of time still getting our organization together. So one of the areas that I, I've seen some progress in is really around the technology and, and the back office operations. We're trying to bring to you know, trying to reduce that integration time window that we have to get these organizations integrated. We're trying to reduce that and we can do that through technology. Right. One of the, the strategies that we're trying to take now is to develop a what we call like a bring your own system kind of a strategy, right? If we acquire a company that we don't necessarily just say, turn off your system and go go into this system. We can operate in parallel either for a short period of time or in the perpetuity if need be based on what the the business needs are, but we just can connect them together, right? Using advancements and middleware that says, I don't necessarily need CRM. I need what CRM tells me so I can get that through analytics. So we don't necessarily need to shut the organization down while we integrate things. We can just bring your tools, bring your systems and stuff. Let us understand it. We just need the data so we can pull it together. That's dramatically going to help some of these integration activities and buy time for the sales organizations and sales ops. To do what I brought up before is effectively assess the different tools and look at what processes work, what processes don't. It buys us time to really do those change managements that are needed necessarily. And that's something that's still a work in progress, but I see that the evolving technology really helping us reduce that a little bit, as well as the advancement in some of the analytics and tools that are available out there. We're starting to employ some new tools within our organization that will hopefully help bring some of this data together in a little bit more reasonable format. So that we can provide that holistic picture of what's happening across the different sales organizations, because as businesses become bigger and their their technology becomes more complex, and they may even have a multi organizational structure, even around CRM. Like if you decide to have a single CRM versus a multi CRM, I think in the future we're gonna we're gonna come to the realization that I don't think we in sales ops necessarily care, right? It's whatever makes the sales. Account manager or the sales director more effective in their job. You can have multiple instances that are out there of specific tools, but using middleware and other technology to bring them together to make it faster and faster. So I, I just I would like to see this this integration activity shrink in time, get people working together more effectively, but also being able to get organizations that go through M&A to work together to to realize the value of why they did the m in the first place. So. That's where I hope it's going, and I, I can see some promising progress there.
1: Yeah, I do agree to it. That's been a great a great conversation we had around the mergers and acquisitions and uh, how sales ops look at it from their point of view. So coming towards the end, so we normally ask a couple of questions to all our guests. So the first thing is going to be, like, is it a book, blog, or a newsletter that you would recommend to our listeners?
0: Yeah, like, at least in me and my role, I, I like to understand what's going on in the markets that we, have, um, we support out there, especially in the EDA. I'm really interested in, in companies and the markets that are producing microchips. So I try to get the, the holistic picture. So I, I try to leverage articles like out of the Wall Street Journal text section or the Financial Times text section, New York Times. I'd say those are good to try to get some headlights into what's going on on the market and to expect over the next uh, you know four to eight quarters that you have out there. Those, mm-hmm. I think, do a pretty good job of giving you a high level. So I'd definitely recommend some of those out there.
1: Awesome. And any of our audiences would like to get in touch with you. So how how would you suggest they can connect with you?
0: Yeah. So I for my general correspondence I use my regular Gmail. So it's just Jeff at gmail dot com. But I'm also on LinkedIn as well too. So feel free to reach out to me through LinkedIn and be happy to connect.
1: This has been a great time, Jeff. Thank you so much for connecting with us onto this show and for sharing all those all those knowledge and uh, the experiences that you've gained in the last two 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 and a half decades in this industry. So it's great to have you on the show, Jeff. Thank you very much for coming over here. Any quick ending thoughts towards the end?
0: No, and I just want to say thanks uh, for having me. This has been a lot of fun. I appreciate sharing some knowledge and I look forward to hearing from some of your viewers out there of what their experiences are and some of the challenges that they face. So hopefully we can learn from each
1: other. Awesome, yep. I'd be very happy to kind of make sure that okay, we kind of reconnect in a couple of quarters and talk about some of the new topics around this current industry that we are discussing about. So until then, I think, Jeff, have a great time and look forward to connecting with you soon and uh, have a great day. Thanks so much. Take care. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunnyside Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and demand Demandbase TV.